catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Welcome to Tony's Tech Side. I'm here every weekday, 9 a.m. GMT plus one. Do the math. You know exactly when to find me on Africa Tech Radio's website streaming live. Okay, from the city of Lagos, of course, I share stories and experiences in technology as it impacts Africa, wherever it is, from the continent and even outside the continent of Africa. Today, I'll be digging deep into the rubbles of history to find some precious jewels that will spoil you into the day, into the week, into the month and into the year. And then I would share a word, a tech word with you, a word that I think you can learn from how it's used what it means and maybe throw it around and it will most likely become a part of your vocabulary Mm -hmm. and after that i would share the juiciest and most important tech stories on the continent of africa or anything tech but something that affects or impacts or influences the decisions and the things that are on the continent of africa yeah stay here with me on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook, we are there. Africa Tech Radio on Twitter and on Facebook, and at A Tech Radio on Instagram. Yes, you can also send us a text message. You can send us a voice note or reach out to us on WhatsApp. Once I return, I would share the numbers, which you can share your stories and your experiences in tech with us. And yes, we will have a good time. Time is the only thing that keeps us from doing what we should do, and time is also the only thing that spurs us to do what we ought to do seize the day guys and make it count albert einstein would say that it's not that he's so smart no it's just that he stays with problems longer and he would also say that he has no special talents he's just only passionately curious Well, today we celebrate Genius Day. (laughs) Whoever thought that would celebrate something like that. But it's March 14. And every March 14, the birthday of Albert Einstein is marked as Genius Day. He is one of the best known scientists in modern history. He's a German-born theoretical physicist. And he changed the way humanity looked at the universe forever with his theory of relativity. I can remember my pre-SS1 class, actually, when we looked at that theory of relativity. And also the groundwork he laid for what became quantum physics. The two pillars of modern physics, you know, it's just something else. And every time I hear right now in my ears... Uh, my roommates in university would always talk about quantum physics and how I would drop everything I was doing if I ever knew what quantum physics was. I would stop le- reading, like you know, like the course I came into school yeah, and I just, I would just do this. Well, Albert Einstein was born today in 1879 in a small town of Württemberg. Hermann Einstein and Pauline Koch were his parents. He attended a school in Munich and Oro and Zurich and the he earned his teaching diploma in math and physics in 1901 and received his doctorate in 1905 the same year he published four groundbreaking papers papers that went on to earn him high regard among his peers just as the second world war broke he who was visiting the united states of america realized that he could no longer return to germany so he renounced his citizenship in 1933 at the german consulate in belgium and spent the subsequent months attempting to relocate the many 
German Jewish scientists who had lost their place in German academia. He ultimately accepted an offer to teach at Princeton. Year. I see why they celebrate Princeton now. As a resident scholar, which he did until 1945 and then gained American citizenship five years before he left. He remained affiliated with the University of Princeton until he died in 1955 and his legacies live on. Yes, genius is talent set on fire by courage. Yes. And I would share someone else who's also like, you know, in that lane of being a genius. In fact, there are two. Remember yesterday, 13th of March, 2023, I said on the show that a certain William Herschel discovered the planet Uranus. He thought it was a comet or a star. But in 1781, he had, you know, found this out. Well, almost exactly 58 years to the day that that man, that's the father of the man we're celebrating now, you know, discovered this. His son, John Herschel, presented to the Royal Society on this day, March 14, 1839, his note on the art of photography, all the application of the chemical rays of light to the purposes of pictorial representation. This is considered the first recorded use of the word photography. So on this day, the word photography was, you know, we consider it as the first day that it was, you know, ever in use. John was a famous English scientist in polymath and his father, remember I said his father was an astronomer, great one. And he also worked as a mathematician and astronomer like his, like his father. And he was also the inventor of the blueprint among his many accomplishments. And someone is thinking, what's the blueprint? So the blueprint is a pho photographic print in white on a bright blue ground or blue on a white ground ground used especially for copying maps or architects and you know, these people who do yeah all of those things yes they understand what i mean by blueprint so you see how they draw those things on like a blue paper or on a white paper yeah i can remember now i had a roommate that was also an architect so okay he was like the next door guy next door guy you usually see like that white paper they'll draw something inside you can like copy um into multiple from that one exactly so this was the guy who actually invented that. And it was today that the word photography was recorded as first used on this day. And also we're remembering the first time in history that a dying patient's life was saved by penicillin. It was in 1942 on this same day. Yep. Although some claim that the pioneering trials at the Radcliffe Infirmary in Oxford, England resulted in the first cure season penicillin, Owen Hess and John Bumstead are generally credited with the first documented successful treatment and it was on this day in the year 1942. Finally, finally, I think yeah, today is just special, I think. It's just special. Do you know Karl Marx? <laughs> Everyone who has anything to do with philosophy, literature, the arts generally, just like Niccolo Machiavelli and, and, and the rest of them. You just cannot have heard Karl Marx, yes? Well, he died on this day in 1883. He was a German philosopher. So the thing I want, I just, what I want to say to you today as you're listening, right, to this episode, see, today may be, today may be celebrated, marked as World Genius Day. But trust me, these geniuses are not exactly people that are totally out of the world, unreachable or something. Being genius is not something that is totally, you know, out of your reach. Yes. If you listen very well when these people tell you what they do, right? Just like Albert Einstein. It's not that they do extraordinary things. It's that they do ordinary things in extraordinary ways.
Yes, that's the word. And that's how I like to close this segment. So when I return, I would share with you the word of the day, the tech word of the day. And then we can start sharing our juicy, juicy, juicy and wonderful stories impacting tech. There's a big one. Yes, CBN in Nigeria. Stay here with me. Glory, glory if you stay with me. Okay, yes, so sit back down and let's get cracking. What's the tech word for today? Facial recognition. Yes, yesterday I talked about the tech word for yesterday was computer vision. Yeah, and I talked about how computer vision is like a subcategory of artificial intelligence technologies, AI technologies that helps you like if you're using your phone, for example, and your phone can recognize your face right and it can unlock your phone that is computer vision it's ai right but if you're breaking it down it's computer vision because computer vision is about recognizing objects visuals you know anything that's like visual literally so facial recognition today what is facial recognition what does facial recognition mean Facial recognition is a type of biometric technology that uses data to verify the presence of a human being's face in a digital capture, depending on the application, right? Facial recognition tech can be used to identify a specific individual or authenticate their right to access something. Facial recognition plays an important role in multi-factor authentication and is increasingly being used in some parts of the world to add an additional layer of security to ATM transactions, for example, so that someone doesn't take your card and just slot it in a pony. So when the person slots in your card, like you show your face, you use your face to authenticate and then, you know, you get your money. Although some people put a gun to your face and say, do it, yeah? But that's like besides the point. And also it can be used to add security to point of sale terminals. One of the key benefits of using face authentication for physical access control is that it provides a higher level of security when compared to traditional physical credential-based systems. Now, another important benefit is that it offers a better user experience, that's UX, by freeing users from having to create and update unique strong passwords. Yes, yeah, so all those have been shouting, yeah, get a strong... Oh, it's important that you get a strong password, please. But then this is like an another layer of security because passwords are also one layer of security, yeah? Now, some of the popular uses for facial recognition have been attendance and crowd control. So when people are coming in, the moment they register, right, and they're coming for an event, they just scan their face and they walk in. The door just opens for them. So there's no need for, hey, hey you didn't make it all, you didn't do this, or blah, you know, just no need for that. We don't like stress, man. <laughs> just scan your face. If the door opens, you come in. If it doesn't open, I'm sorry, you won't make it for this event. Yeah. And then crowd control also. And it helps like provide insight into what spaces within a building are being used and by whom, like who has access to which place. And then also it's been used for marketing to track individuals as they view advertisements in public places. Yes, people, I never thought this was a thing until someone said uh, that, do you know that I can check or know how many people actually look at the signboards, yeah, the billboards? And I was like, nah, how do you even try that? You just know that 500 people pass here, but you don't know exactly, but like, yeah, we can actually track individuals as they view advertisements in public places to analyze facial expressions and other psychological responses. That is mad crazy. And then digital and physical security also. I already talked about this. Unlocking a door or a gate or a smartphone or a laptop or any sensitive file or business application. It just needs your face and facial recognition. If it recognizes your face, it opens it up for you or to you. And then this can be used for law enforcement. Identifying a known criminal or a missing person in a crowd from a distance. So 
or you just need to leave. The crowd is gathering. The thief has entered into the crowd. It's all good. Let's just position at the exits and we'll see whether he's moving to the right or to the left. But this can also be, you know, used in a very negative way because I've also heard that people who do surveillance, general surveillance, yeah, they can also just look into people like without anybody like saying, oh, let's catch this person and just looking into everyone's life, like literally everyone's face is just showing on the screen and they can see details about the person and that has to do with your privacy. I know the UK government at one time had like issues with it because, you know, they had bosses, you know, and surveillance and people had to like write and petition for, you know, those things to leave the streets. But this can also be used for retail and has been used for retail. So it will alert store managers when convicted shoplifters enter a specific retail establishment. So the moment a person walks in, we pick the person up and that's it. The use of facial recognition software raises important ethical and legal questions, you know, about privacy and consent, like I've already uh, mentioned when the technology is used without the user's knowledge or consent, especially when there is no police report or there is no no court sanctioning the use, right, without the person's consent or knowledge. You know, it's like it's a big, big issue. The General Data Protection Regulation in the EU, that's the GDPR. And the other one in the, in the United States of America, they're like important examples of how legislative protections have been created to limit the use of facial recognition software in public places in order to protect end-user privacy. Now, this is what one part of the reports we worked on at Mankind and Artificial Intelligence, a coded right report. It's one of the issues it dealt with surveillance, surveillance in public places and mass surveillance. Now, I know that in Lagos State and in some states across Africa, cities across Africa, there are cameras at traffic ways and on the roads, yeah? And it picks up about anything and everything and everyone has access to it, right? And most people don't even know that, you know, there are cameras here. And that's one of the things that people should know. There are cameras, like you're supposed to be told that there's a camera here, right? So that you can arrange (laughs) yes the idea is not for it to catch you like catch you doing something you're not supposed to be doing the idea is when you're aware and you still do it then you would be punished but if you're not aware that there's a camera here and then maybe you say oh let me quickly change my clothes you know something and guy that's your your image is public (laughs) you are very public now you are in the public of yeah everywhere so it's a major issue that we should as we're developing and using these technologies, we should also, it behoves on us to also think of the ethical side of it and also think of the legal side of it too, to ensure that, you know, the privacy and consent of the users, you know, it's theirs, it's their right, right? We just hope that these things are taken care of, well taken care of. Once I return, I start sharing stories just in a bit. Stay on the side of tech with me. So I hope that just as we're mass surveying everyone, we'd actually be using it for good, and not for bad. This is Tony's Tech Side on Africa Tech Radio. Okay, so we're supposed to be here for all of us, right? Like, I'm here for you, you're here for me. But I don't think the people in Nigeria feel like the CBN. I, I want to say regulators, government and all that. But no, the Central Bank of Nigeria and other regulators or governments, I don't think they feel that they're actually here for them because it's been months and the Nigerian people have been calling, begging, requesting and nonetheless, 
nothing happens the central bank doesn't shift and just yesterday even like days after the supreme court in nigeria you know ruled i think it was march 3 yes and this is more than seven days past that's more than a week past when the supreme court ruled that the apex apex bank should actually you know allow the 500 and 1000 naira bank notes to remain legal tender up until like april or so or december you know and the central bank of nigeria just yesterday the 13th of march 2023 from the 3rd of march 10 days after the apex bank's acting director of corporate communications isa abdul Mumin, disclosed this in a statement uh, saying that ordinary notes you know would coexist with the new ones till the end of the year 2023 december 2023 this brings a lot of speculations into mind this brings a lot of you know how people are bringing up um, theories yeah theories to say oh this is this or this is not this this kind of like marks good some of the theories also that lots of people have thrown about rumors and all that rumor has it rumor has it that's what's been going on in nigeria since december up until now march one full quarter gone this is this gone <laughs> this i remember um, Munya Chihuahua, one of a certain a comic thing which he did and it was like oh this one gone this other one gone this is gone uh the prime minister britain gone <laughs> the queen gone and this uh it's just been drama in nigeria melodrama at some point drama again in nigeria tragedy at some point comedy at another point but then i don't know what to make of this let me know what you make of this the cbn finally they say is finally bowing according to some of my media colleagues but some people would think that this has been the plan all the while right and they would start you know concocting rumors and things like but i don't live by rumors i live by facts and what will this mean for the people of nigeria what will this mean for you know the fight that we like the real the reason we wanted to do this was because of this and this and this and this like i literally had a show i had an episode of my show dedicated to this and i was like oh what's the and someone you know, one of the guests was like it, it means totally nothing don't worry you know this everything would fall to shambles and the person was like no let's be positive blah blah blah, blah. But now we're back. I don't know what we're back at. In fact, I don't know if it's, you know, what the, 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 the view of the first guest or the view of the second guest I had on the show or the view of anybody at all, not even the CBN. I don't know what we have. I don't know what the Nigerian people have right now, but I just know that I need to inspire someone out there and I need to let you know that you need to listen to this. It's important that you do, despite everything that's happening in Nigeria, no fuel, no money, no hope no no nothing at all um this is actually dedicated to you oh yeah hopeful hope by trista and faith evans <sighs> now that deep sigh is for the souls and the persons that we lost to the tropical storm freddy in malawi now you know i told you that as you know as an account yesterday morning while i was on my show i think it was just one or two and you know several others who were being hospitalized and who were homeless well i can tell you today that about 100 people after monday's last count with about 85 deaths recorded in the city of blanter alone according to the authorities based on the tropical storm or cyclone called freddy now malawi struggling to contain the effects of the storm which has wreaked 
devastation, particularly in 10 of the country's southern region districts. Heavy rains accompanied by strong winds destroyed houses, washed away roads and bridges, flattened crop fields and disrupted power generation. The main referral hospital is Blanter, and they say that they're overwhelmed already by the sheer number of bodies that they've been receiving. And they've appealed to bereaved families or, you know, those whose relatives are missing to go to the hospital to identify and collect the bodies for burial as the hospital is running out of space. Oh, man. So this speaks to how important it is for us to see these things before they happen right early warning systems you know myself and chagos they spoke about this early this year we spoke about it last year and i think two years ago like back to back to back and it's also important how we also report um, these things and how we use our machinery to you know our tools to ensure that everyone hears of this everyone knows that this is happening before it actually you know hits them whether experts say heavy rains and flooding will continue today as the storm is expected to begin withdrawing from Malawi back to the Indian Ocean tomorrow, Wednesday. The Malawian government has declared a state of national disaster in the most affected districts, and it appealed for help locally and globally for the tens of thousands of people who have been left without food and without shelter. Madagascar, Mozambique, Malawi. And at the same time, also talking about early warning systems and a lot has been thrown open volcanologists say that they've observed a glow at the top of the nyamulagira volcano in eastern democratic republic of congo it's been caused by a movement of lava at shallow depths towards the central crater and the last major eruption was in 2011 and its biggest eruption in 100 years was at that time it's located right in the middle of the Virunga National Park, which is also home to endangered mountain gorillas. So they actually need help. If a fresh eruption happens, the lava would flow towards the park. The Goma Volcano Observatory warned about this just yesterday evening. Well, there are currently no threats to the city, right? Where around 670,000 people live. But then the volcanic ash and strands of cold lava could be blown by wind into inhabited areas and they recommend that the people of goma keep calm and go about their business freely but then you know we also need to make plans to ensure that if this goes out of hand we actually can stem the tide and we don't have people crying again like we have in malawi and have in mozambique and madagascar well, we're ending the show. This is the last stretch of the show today on the episode. So the last two stories I'll be sharing with you is about the impact that biometric identification is making, the impact of biometric identification in Africa. The first is Somalia preparing for its first civil registration and ID card issuance exercise in 30 years after new legislation was approved by the Senate. The new national ID card will help address the country's lack of security and it could also help with financial transactions and business registration, according to the Interior Minister of Somalia, Ahmed Fiki. The challenges with identifying individuals in Somalia has contributed to the success of terrorist groups, according to the reports that have been going and making the rounds and according to legislators in the country. And if this is done, it will be easier for them to fish out 
terrorists and the actors and perpetrators of terrorism, whether they're indigenous citizens or non-citizens. In the same light, Mali's constitutional referendum, which was initially scheduled to take place on March 19, that's about five days from when I'm doing this live episode, yeah? This plan will no longer take place as there are delays in the issuance of the biometric national ID card. Now, the card can be used as a voter's ID during the referendum in line with the country's new electoral law. But then, according to the Minister of Territorial Administration and Decentralization and spokesman of the military government, Abdullahi Maiga, he said that just about 8 million of the citizens eligible to cast a ballot in the referendum would not have been able to do so because they had not acquired the new biometric national card and they will not be able to do so. It was clear to everybody they won't be able to do so before 19th of March, that's five days from now. So the government had to make, you know, that move. The Mali referendum is meant to approve a new constitutional a new constitution proposed by the military regime and this is also supposed to be in line that's the biometric id card supposed to be in line with you know the standards in west africa and i just hope this is not a ploy to actually stay longer that's for the military government nonetheless whatever is worth doing well is worth doing well the new mali id card which will replace the former nina nina card used by citizens will be obligatory for citizens aged 15 years and above and uh, first time issuance of the card is free totally free now i just hope that aside this meeting the standards that when a new government i mean a constitutionally agreed upon government right comes into place in mali we do not have to go through this process all over again i wasn't of new contracts and things because now we think they actually waste our money well thank you very much for staying on the side of tech with me tony on my podcast thank you very much for listening you can share also with all those that you know and please and please let's stay safe let's make the best of 2023 and keep doing what you should do today march 14 as i said earlier on is world genius day or genius day international day of the genius and you being a genius isn't just about doing extraordinary things it's doing ordinary things in an extraordinary way so as i wrap up today thank you i say again once again i'll catch you i'm here weekdays geez 9 a.m gmt plus one every day you catch me live on africa tech radios live streaming of radio okay anyway ricardo banks i don't actually talk too much catch you thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com